Wow, I, I can't believe that this is the third episode where I'm still talking about trust and feedback, and, and I'm still talking about how to give feedback. And I'm not even sure that I'm going to be done with this episode. I, I talked about the what, I talked about the when, and I talked about the where. And now I'm going to talk about the how, how to deliver negative feedback in a constructive way. So you know that, that I have this, this issue with the word constructive feedback, and it sounds to me like uh, fingernails on, on a chalkboard. But I really do think that you need to do it in a constructive way. And by that, what I mean is do that such that they will do something about it. That's what I'll talk about today. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? So first of all, you want to attack the issue and not the person. So this is kind of the what you did was stupid rather than you're stupid. What you don't want to do is you don't want to put them in a defensive mode and you don't want to shame them. I talked about that before, that when you put somebody in a defensive mode, when you shame them, you put them in a defensive mode. And that happens when you talk about them, when you talk about their character rather than something that they have done. You know, um, you, you didn't clean after you. Uh, you know, you, you left the kitchen unclean. That's something that they can do something with. You, you know, they can benefit from it. You are a messy person. You are a dirty person. See how you left the kitchen? What do you think happens to somebody that gets that kind of feedback? You're attacking them. You're attacking the person. When you attack the person, they become defensive. They become emotional. They become irrational. Nobody has anything to gain by that. So the first tip on how you deliver negative feedback in a constructive way is that you attack the issue and not the person not the personality. The second how on how to deliver negative feedback is that instead of talking about what they did, talk about the negative impact specifically to you. Yeah, you can talk about the negative uh, impact to, to the team, uh, but, but talk about the, the negative impact to you specifically. So here's what not to do. You are a disrespectful person because you don't show up to meetings on time. Now you're characterizing their personality. You're saying that you are a disrespectful person. Don't do that. You know, another thing don't do is you don't respect me when you don't show up to a meeting on time. Now you're kind of assuming that the reason they don't show up to a meeting with me on time is that they don't respect you, that, that they're, this is their real reason. 
Here's what you do want to do or the way to deliver that. I feel disrespected when people don't show up to a meeting on time. I feel disrespected. Maybe you're not doing it because you're being disrespectful, but I feel disrespected. What that does is instead of you saying that they are disrespectful and now you're kind of putting them on the defense, they have to defend their personality. They have to defend their character. Now you are not telling them that this is why they're doing it. In fact, what you're doing is saying what you feel. I feel disrespectful when people don't show up to a meeting on time. You did that to me several times. I don't know why. It's not my business to know why. You know what? Kind of between you and me, and this is you, the viewer, the listener, and me, maybe there is a lack of personality compatibility between me and that other person. Maybe they're not a person that shows up to meeting on time. And, and God knows, not everybody shows up to meetings on time. I do. I, I kind of live by this rule of uh, uh, early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. But that's me. My wife is the same, but not everybody is. And that doesn't make them bad people. But... Maybe it's just a matter of personality incompatibility between the two of us, between me and this other person. So that's between you and me. But what you want to say is you want to focus on what you feel as a result of something they've done and not make the assumption of you know why they've done it. I'm going to go even a step further and say, never ask why. Don't ask them, why did you do that? You know, why did you not show up to a meeting on time? Why did you not clean the kitchen? Now, not only that you don't ask that, but don't assume why they did that. You think, you know, again, I'll go back to for our brain, for, for our brain to feel comfortable, we need to have enough information we, we hate uncertainty. We would like to get certainty. And where we don't have facts, we fill the gap with assumptions. We fill the gap with biases. So don't make assumptions why they did that. It's going to take you, in many cases, it's going to take you down the wrong path. And plus, it's going to eventually incorporate, find itself incorporated in your feedback to them. Remember that you are not them. Remember the Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid. You may be at a different layer than they are. You may be concerned about certain things and they're concerned about more fundamental things than you are. So you don't know why. Why is something for them to figure out? You know what? I'm kind of on the fence on whether at the end you should say, you probably want to figure why you're doing this. On one hand, I think it's a good thing to say because you're actually challenging them to think for themselves why. So you're actually kind of guiding them towards the solution, towards the resolution of the situation. But the flip side of it is it's kind of, it can be perceived as condescending. Again, you know, it goes back to uh, 
the the whole issue of the level of feedback, the level of receptivity to feedback depends on the level of trust that already exists between the two people, the person that gives the feedback and the person that takes the feedback or receives the feedback. So if there is a high enough level of trust and you say you may want to try and find out, figure out why you're doing this or why you have done this, uh, maybe there's enough trust to support that. And the way they they perceive it or the way they act on it is by actually going to, to figure out why they did what they did. But if there's not enough level of trust, then the way they're going to interpret that is as being condescending. Who are you to tell me to find out why I'm doing this? So this is why I'm kind of on the fence. And, and I should say I shouldn't be on the fence. It's really just a matter. It's a function of the level of trust that already exists. If you feel that there is a high enough level of trust, then suggest to them, find out why. If you don't feel that there is a high enough uh, level of trust, don't. <laughs> Let them. It's, it's for them to figure out. Next, when you give feedback, be specific, be clear, and be objective. Say the actual words, you know, just, just say what it is rather than beating around the bush. Don't, don't tiptoe around the topic. A again, I'm kind of on the fence on uh, whether you should use analogies. Sometimes analogies work. Uh, you can give an analogy. You know, what I felt was just like what I don't know, somebody else failed when this happened and so on, because that helps explain it. Sometimes using the analogy would help clarify it. But make sure that you do use the actual words. Say what you really do mean. Don't make them guess. Don't make them guess what you mean. What, what, what is it exactly that I do? Well, you know, it's a, don't tiptoe around it. Don't make them guess. Use analogies when it's appropriate, when it really helps clarifying it, not to avoid saying the actual words. And for whatever you do, don't go on and on and on and on. If you delivered a specific, clear and objective, don't be subjective, if you give uh, as much as you can, if you gave a specific, clear and objective feedback, just know when to stop. Next part is try to avoid giving advice. Okay, don't don't tell them what to do about it. You're telling them what you are feeling, but but you don't tell them what what to do. And I remember that I I went through training uh, years ago by the Edward Lowe Foundation in Michigan. Uh, on a program that they have that's called Perspectives. You may have heard of Vistage and, and their other uh, kind of CEO or, or executive support groups where they feel comfortable enough sharing with one another, sharing their issues and their problems. And, and I remember that one of the uh, foundational rules for, uh, for that was never give advice, never tell another person what to do. What you do is you share with them what the impact on you is. In, in the Perspectives program, they talk about sharing the personal experience, which in our case, I will translate this into 
uh, what your perception is. So I'm, I'm going to tell you what my perception is, but I'm not going to tell you what to do about it. Focus more on what could be the positive impact on you. Once again, what could be the positive impact on you rather than um, here is what you should do. So, you know, I would feel a lot better if every time I went to our office kitchen, it, it would be clean. So you're sharing what the positive outcome would be or specifically what the impact on you. You're saying that you would feel so much better if this is what happened. I would feel so much better if uh, you finished your projects and gave me enough time. You know, you and I kind of both know that you're a procrastinator. Not something you're going to tell them necessarily. And I'm not trying to be politically correct here. I'm just trying to draw the line between uh, characterizing someone and, and putting them on the defense than saying what they did and how it affected me, which, which is my goal and, and the, should be the goal of, of uh, really constructive negative feedback. So... You know, since I know in my head that, that the other person is a procrastinator, what I'm going to tell them is not, hey, you are a procrastinator and it drives me crazy. No, now you're making them defend their character, defend their personality. They are what they are. And being a procrastinator is not necessarily bad. I don't know how many times I already said that, but it really drives me crazy because I, I'm, I, I stress over deadlines. I stress over deadlines. We're two hours before the deadline and I didn't get your part of our project. And, and you know, I'm, I'm such a control freak that I must see it. I must review it and make changes to it before I submit it. And it's nine minutes before the submission. And I'm not just making the nine minutes up. Uh, that, that's one of the things that, frankly, I wouldn't say that it drives me crazy because I don't depend on it. It's when I have a group of students, a team of students, that I give them six days to do an assignment and they finally submitted nine, nine minutes before the deadline. And you know what? Yes, I did have one team that said the reason I missed the deadline was that 30 minutes before the deadline, power went out as a result of a uh, severe thunderstorm that we had here in the area. Well, I'm sorry. That happened in the last 30 minutes, but you had six days minus 30 minutes to do the assignment, and you didn't do that. So um, don't give them advice. Don't tell them what to do. Tell them what the positive impact is going to be rather than here is what you should do or, or here is why what you're doing is bad. Now, be positive when you deliver negative feedback. I know it sounds, sounds kind of uh, a contradiction in terms, but no, you can be positive when you deliver negative feedback. And what do I mean by that? First, don't drill. Don't drill. Don't use your words as a knife. This goes back into now you're making it personal. Now you're making it about their character, about their personality. And, and you keep on going on and on and on and on. You keep using it as a knife. You keep drill, drilling that hole. Use humor only if appropriate. And 
You know, it's funny that I, I my plan for the first episode of this season was to uh, talk about humor and trust. And while I wrote the outline, I, I'm, I think we're now in the fifth episode of this season, and I didn't get to that. And I'll talk about that, the relationship between humor and trust, and that there has to be, just, there, just like there has to be a high enough level of feedback, of, of trust, to give feedback in a certain way, there has to be a certain level of trust for you to be able to deliver feedback, negative feedback, with humor. Now... If it is appropriate, humor helps the message penetrate, the message get through. So if you can use humor, if you can use positivity when you deliver negative feedback, use it. But you have to make sure, and this is part of positivity, you have to make sure that they understand. Say what you mean. And I, I like the, uh, when Maya was in, I think it was in kindergarten, she was in a program called PACE, and there was a sign on that PACE classroom that I really loved. I don't know who the origin is, but it said it said the following. Say what you mean, mean what you say, don't be mean when you say it. Okay, so so make that part of how you deliver. Say what you mean, mean what you say, don't be mean when you say it. Another part of it is, uh, look, when I say say what you mean, this is people think that that political correctness is the opposite of being disrespectful. So I don't want to be disrespectful, so I'm going to be politically correct. No, the opposite of political correctness is not disrespect. When you say what you mean, not in a disrespectful way, you are not the opposite. You're you're not politically correct, and you're not the opposite. So, say what you mean, mean what you say. Don't say it in a disrespectful way, but don't avoid saying it either. One more thing is that, you know, I, I said that you need to make sure that they understand and I want to I want you to keep in mind that what you're looking for is an acknowledgement of what you said, not a commitment to make a change. You leave it at this. You leave it at I'm looking for acknowledgement, I'm not looking for a commitment. And keep in mind when I said say what you mean, mean what you say, think about what your body language says. First of all, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a strong proponent of doing it in person, high level of intimacy. Let them hear your tone of voice. Let them see your body language. But ask yourself, is my body language, is my tone of voice supportive of what I'm saying? And you know something? You can't control it. And the only way you can control it, the only way your body language, your tone of voice, and your words are going to be consistent is when you say what you mean. When you don't say what you mean, when you say one thing and mean something else, your body language is not going to be supportive. Your body language is going to contradict it. And when your body language contradicts your words, people distrust what you say and they distrust the feedback that they get from you. So I would encourage you to deliver feedback face-to-face, in person. Let them see your body language. Let them hear your tone of voice. Let them see the consistency. But that is only because... 
you say what you mean. Is there such a thing as too much feedback? Actually, there is. And you can be too direct with your feedback. And being too direct would actually have a negative feedback and negative impact. You, you remember that I told you that the level of feedback that you're going to deliver, so, uh, you know, all the way to a hot seat session, is dependent on the level of trust that already exists between the two of you. Well, if it's a hot seat, then, then there's more than the two of you. And the level of trust in that team would actually depend on the weakest link, the person that we feel mostly uncomfortable, most uncomfortable uh, in front of or getting feedback in front of them. So you can be too direct. Uh, and that would have, as, as I said, it would have a negative impact because that person wants something a little more sugar-coated. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying giving completely sugar-coated feedback is, is necessarily a good thing because they may not even feel that this is a serious enough thing. But you can actually go a little too direct. And if you remember the two feedback pieces of feedback that I shared with you in the previous episode, I believe, about the, the cover for my, my book, The Book of Trust, those two pieces of feedback were pretty direct. And, and I felt at some point, I felt pretty apprehensive and, and I'll talk about that when I talk about taking feedback, receiving feedback, where you need to kind of get above where you are or, or what you feel to be able to open, to be receptive. And that feedback really did help me eventually. But it can be too direct for the other person to, to accept, to be receptive to. By the way, with the Book of Trust, what ended up happening is, first, I did change the name. It wasn't called, it's not called, uh, Can I Trust You? But it's called The Book of Trust. And I ended up hiring someone to do a design. And I asked them to do three different designs. And, and I kept refining it. And eventually, I designed the cover for the book based on the work that they've done. So that feedback really did help me. I, I would have gone out with a cover that doesn't look that great. That feedback was too direct, probably could have been given in different ways. Another person receiving that feedback may not have been that receptive to a feedback that's too direct. And it really depends on the other person needs to trust you that you're not trying to hurt them. You're not trying to belittle them. You're not trying to shame them. You're not trying, you're not, you're not doing it for the wrong reasons. And sometimes being direct or overly direct relative to the level of trust that they already have in you may cause them to question why you're giving them that feedback and and to assume that you are not doing that to really help them but to hurt them so that that's one thing that, that this is the the direct or the directness dimension of it but there is another dimension and that is the amount of feedback that they can take before it's just getting too much. You know, when you give someone feedback, don't make it an open season on them. It's like, oh, uh, and since we're on the topic, here's something else you're doing bad. And oh, since I'm already here and I still have time, 
I still have time, yeah, not necessarily you. Uh, I'm going to give you more feedback on something else. And oh, you know, I'm going to give. There is a certain limit of to, to what they can take from you. So I need you to focus on what's important now and not necessarily everything that you have to tell them, everything that you have to say. So focus on what's important now. But you know, also keep in mind that, that other people might be giving them feedback, uh, negative feedback. So first of all, if somebody already gave that piece of feedback that, that you gave them, you could do one of two things. And uh, I'll talk about that in the next uh, mini segment. Uh, but, but you may be reinforcing something. You may just making it too much. Okay, they already got that piece. So do you really think that that you need to give it to them again? But also, if they're getting bad feedback from other people and you have not bad feedback, negative feedback, feedback about something negative that they're doing. If they're getting negative feedback from somebody else, maybe I can wait with mine to another opportunity because there is something as too much feedback, even if it's not all from you. You're only one piece, but you know, one after the other, think about being in a meeting and one person after the other gives you a negative feedback. You know, you, you don't need one more piece. You don't need one more piece of feedback. There is something that I just thought about that I wanted to clarify when I talked about delivering feedback in person and at the higher level of intimacy, letting them, giving them the opportunity to see your body language, your tone of voice, and the consistency between that or those and and the words that you choose to use and how much better that is as feedback over just emailing your feedback. But I, I want to to provide a caveat for that. If you don't feel comfortable if you're intimidated, you don't feel that you can deliver the feedback in person, one-on-one, face-to-face. If you feel so much more comfortable doing it over email, delivering feedback over email is better than not delivering e- uh, feedback at all. Because if you're so afraid of delivering the feedback that you're not going to give it to them at all, you're not helping them. You're not helping them improve. You're not reducing the impact of what you do, of what they do on you. You're not reducing the impact of what they do over the success of the entire team. So give feedback at the level that you feel comfortable with. Hopefully you feel comfortable enough that there is enough trust already so you can deliver the feedback at a higher level of intimacy. But if you don't, Deliver it at the highest level that you feel comfortable. It's still better than not delivering at all. Here's an interesting question for you. What if they don't accept it? What if the other person doesn't accept the feedback that you're giving them? Is it still worth giving it? I'm going to say, without any hesitation that it is. Even if they don't accept it, it's still worth giving. And I'll give you reasons why. One is maybe you are showing them something that they didn't know before. 
You remember, 10% is real, 100% is true in perception. Maybe you are actually showing them something in the 10%. Something that's real. It's not your assumption. It's not your perception. It's not your bias. It's something real that they didn't know. Even if they don't accept it, it's still worth giving because now it's out there. If it is your perception, if it is part of your assumption or part of your um, part of your biases or, or what have you, it's only your perception of them. It's not true. It's not real. It clarifies to them that this is how you see them. It gives them the opportunity to maybe set you right, maybe clarify them, their own behavior or or their actions, or explain why, or show you that that they're at a different level, that then it helps you actually get a better perception of them. But it's it's still important, even if they don't accept it, it's still important that you have clarified your perception. And once again, now it's out there. Now they know that this is your perception. They may not accept it, but at least they can say that they don't know. They may not accept it from you, maybe because they don't trust you. That would probably be the main reason, but for any other reason, maybe they don't accept it for you. But by giving them that feedback, you may have just caused them to ask someone that they do trust. You know, Yoram, Jane just said something to me. Is that really how people see me? I don't accept it from Jane. I I don't trust her. I, I don't know. But is this your opinion too? Is this other people? So you may have just caused them to ask someone that they do trust. Maybe they already heard it quite a few times and what they needed is just one more time. Maybe that's the last... I, I don't like to use the last straw because that's always a negative thing and, and negative things happen after that. But maybe, maybe that's just that, that one last time that they needed to hear it. Maybe yours is not the last time, but yours is the second to last time and the next time they're going to hear it they just heard it one too many times and now they're going to do something about it now they're going to accept it so they don't accept it from you but you just help them by adding one more time that they needed to hear this maybe they just need time to digest so this goes back into when you give feedback you're looking for acknowledgement you're not looking for a commitment you don't want them to make a commitment in front of you They need time to digest. So even if they don't accept it, maybe they don't accept it because they just heard it for the first time and they need time to digest and you're giving them time to digest. Whatever you do, once again, you're not looking for a commitment. You're looking for an acknowledgement. Don't sound like a broken record. Don't keep saying it over and over and over and over again until you get some kind of reaction. No, you gave the feedback. You know that they heard it. Maybe they asked clarifying questions. You know that they got it from you. Maybe they don't accept it, but that's not a reason for you to repeat it again. I wanted to say a few words on the feedback sandwich method. I, I know that somebody once told me about that method where, you know, you start with something positive, 
Uh, so you kind of make them listen, the other person make them listen, then you hit them with the meat, right? That's why it's called sandwich. Then you hit them with the meat, with the thing that you really want to give them as feedback. But then at the end, you try and close with something nice again, with something positive to say. I, I'm not a BS person. I, I, I don't like the, the uh, sandwich method, the feedback sandwich method for several reasons. One is, if you had positive feedback to give them, why did you wait? Why did you wait until you had something negative? You know, I don't feel that you have my best interest in mind. If I did something positive and you never commented on it, you never gave me positive feedback, you never gave me reassurance until you had something bad to say, that doesn't come across as genuine. That doesn't come across as somebody who really cares about me. So it's disingenuous to give me the positive feedback at the beginning. Either you don't really mean it, or why did you wait? Why did you wait and not give it to me when it happened, the positive thing, when it happened? So now you're going to give me the negative feedback, the one that's going to be constructive, that's going to help me. And then at the end, you're going to say something positive. Well, there are a couple of things that you do when, when you say something positive at the end. First of all, once again, could be uh, could come across as being disingenuous because why didn't you say it before when it really happened? Why now when you have something negative to say? But the worst part about it is that it actually takes the edge off the negative thing. You know... I just gave you this, this negative feedback. So not feedback given in a negative way, good uh, feedback given in a positive, constructive way about something negative that you have done. And then at the end, I need to leave you, let you think about that, let you digest it rather than take away the edge by saying something, something positive. I remember in the uh, TV show Friends, I hope you saw it, one of the best TV shows ever, uh, Chandler... He had a hard time breaking up with a girlfriend. So he would break up. She would understand that this is a breakup. And then at the end, he would say, well, this was great. Let's do it again. Let's let's meet again. Let's, let's have another dinner or, or what have you. That kind of just wiped out everything that you did by giving that, that feedback, by, by breaking up with a girlfriend. But in our case, it's by giving up that feedback. So you give the feedback. Be done with giving the feedback. Let them think about that. Let them digest it. Don't take away the edge or the call to action that probably formed in their head by just saying something positive. Now, by the way, one, one last reason is because some people will only hear, they, they have this, this filter, they will only hear the praise, the positive part. So you're starting with something positive, you're giving something negative, you're finishing with something positive. First of all, let's just agree that the ratio is two to one, positive to negative. So what do you want them to take? The, the positive, positive, one negative, or positive, negative, positive uh, in chronological order. So some people will just hear the praise. They will filter out the negative part. So if you incorporate the negative part between two positive parts, they might just miss it. So don't use, uh, th this is me talking. Don't use the feedback sandwich. I don't use the feedback sandwich. If I need to give you negative feedback, I'm going to give you negative feedback. I'm going back to the first of the three episodes here so far, talking about feedback or giving feedback. 
And I'm going to remind you that if I have positive feedback to give you, I will give it to you when it happens, when it's relevant. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to keep that to when I need to give you negative feedback. I will give you positive feedback because you do need that. You do need to feel good. You do need to feel better. And and I'm going to give you negative feedback when you need to be better. But I will give you the positive feedback when the time is right. This is the end of the giving feedback part of this series of uh, episodes, uh, this mini series of episodes. And and my, my final thought here is that giving feedback helps the other person be a better version of themselves. But if you're doing it right, it also helps them trust you more. Because you they know that you have their best interest in mind, that you do want to help them. So by that, I'm wrapping up the first part or, or the part that talks about giving feedback. And next week, I'm going to talk about, or next episode, I'll talk about how to receive feedback, how to take feedback. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomon.com workshops, online courses at trustedatwork.com, find my books on Amazon, or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.